Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. And his truth to all generations, including this generation, our sons and daughters and our children's children, we serve a wonderful Lord. I'm aware that the Lord is doing a special work here this morning. A parent sometimes more than other times. But the Lord wants to speak deeply to our hearts. And as Pastor Mark exhorted concerning faith and a believing spirit, the title of my message today is Believing for Your Healing. Believing for Your Healing. Maybe physical, emotional, circumstantial, economic, relational, in your family, believing for your healing. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? F.B. Meyer said, when we want to know God's will, there are three things which always concur. The inward impulse, the Word of God, and the trend of circumstances. I've had an inward impulse for a few weeks concerning this Word. I have a Word of God. And there's been a trend of circumstances. About 10 days ago, a lady from this church came to me at one of the ministry nights, and she said, I've, I'm believing God for healing. She said, I've been on pain medication for my face, severe pain in my face for a number of years. But she said, two weeks ago when I went to take my pill, it's like my body refused to take it. And I didn't take it. And she said I was pain-free for three days. But she said the pain, the pain is returning. Not in the same intensity. It's not permanent. She said when I went to sing praises to the Lord, the pain started coming back. She said, what should I do? Well, what she's doing is undertaking fasting prayers for the last few weeks, undertaking fasting prayers, believing God for a full healing in her face, in her body. The same evening, the same evening, another lady came to me and said, I'm, I'm fighting terrible sciatic nerve pain day after day. But she says, when I come to the house of God, it goes away. Can I come live at the church? I said, well, there's some people who have beat you to it, but you never know. I was reminded of my own life and numerous healings of the Lord, but three years ago, when I was facing pain in my body, and it had to do with my knee and my left leg. The severe pain came in to my leg that I could hardly walk. I, if I described it, it felt like my knee was unhinged. Now, I like to go on walks every other day, and I couldn't walk more than 40 meters, and I had to limp back to the house. Now, I fought that pain for over a week. And then I was on vacation for a week, and... One evening, we were with my brother, Harold, and his wife, Denise, and we were fellowshipping and having supper and talking about many things of life, but also about the goodness of the Lord. And we started conversing about the healing history of God in our family. 
from our grandmother Amanda down through our mom and our families and how many times the Lord had healed and ministered to us. My maternal grandmother Amanda, a godly woman, saw many, many outstanding miracles, gifts of healings and working of miracles, and we have record of those. One time, her husband fell to the floor and they had a boarding house, and the, there was a doctor resident in the house, and he came down. He checked all the vital signs. He said to my grandmother, your husband is dead. My grandmother bent down over him and began to pray, and all of a sudden he came to life, and he stood up. The power of God, that's just one instant. Well, three years ago, I had this terrible pain come into my leg, and you know the Lord, I was surprised by it because the Lord has healed both my knees. One, when I, some 25 years ago, when I was 40 years of age, my left knee needing surgery. But one night, a man of God laid hands on me, and in an instant, my knee was healed. My other knee, 10 or 12 years ago, where I had to persist in believing prayer for approximately eight months and then one evening the Lord told me the day my knee would be healed and according to the word of the Lord so it was my knee was healed the very day the Lord said and I didn't struggle with pain any longer so three years ago this pain in my left knee and leg and again as we were with my brother and we were speaking about the healing history of the Lord in our family, as we were talking about the healing power of God and reminiscing of the memory of what God had done so many times in our families, it's like, I say, the pain drained out of my knee and it was gone, and the next day it was this, as if nothing had ever happened. Well, I rejoiced and praised the Lord, and seven days later, because I was on vacation, I came to the church building to my office on the Friday before the Sunday, seven days later, to prepare for the Sunday ministry. And as I left my vehicle and walked the sidewalk up to this building, that pain returned in the same manner and intensity. Friday, I fought it. Saturday, I fought it. Sunday, I fought it. Sunday night, when the service was over and I walked out of the building, all the pain went out of my leg. Natural and spiritual. There are things working natural and spiritual in our lives. How many today are believing for your healing? Whatever area of your life, you're believing for your healing. Things show up in the natural. Things are spiritual. Things are natural. But the Lord wants to have a people of faith that work with him and respond to him. Today I want to turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, this beautiful family, two sisters and a brother, and they were very close to Jesus very close friends of his. John 11, 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love, Philia, the one you have friendship love for, this one you have affection and emotion for, 
Lazarus is sick, is sick. Now, Jesus was approximately 30 miles away from Jerusalem. Bethany was two miles from Jerusalem, up on the hill in the mountains. Jesus was down across the Jordan River on the other side of the Jordan because of hostility of the, uh, of the Jews at that time. He was nearing the time of his crucifixion. Jesus was 30 miles away. And 30 miles you can cover in a day if you're desperate. And so they sent, me they sent a message to him. They said, Lord, behold, who, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. So God wants to be glorified in this circumstance, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This time the Greek word is agape. G. Campbell Morgan says philia is emotion, friendship love. Agape is devotion. I think it's great. Emotion and devotion for this family. Verse 4, so when Jesus heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. When Jesus heard that this one who he loves, this friend, this family that he is close to, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he delayed and stayed two more days where he was across the Jordan. Then verse 11, he said to his disciples, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. What kind of words are these? And I am glad... The Son of God obviously walks in a different realm than we do. He says, I am glad for your sakes, disciples. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that you may believe. Yes, the eyes of the Lord go through to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those hearts are loyal to him. The eyes of the Lord go forth. The Lord wants to work and work in such wondrous ways that we believe more fully on him that we put greater trust in him, that our faith is solidified, that we come, become more steadfast in our relationship with him. I was glad I wasn't there, Jesus said, because now there's going to be a greater demonstration of the power and glory of God, and you are going to believe more fully on me than you ever did before. Verse 37 of John 11 has quite a question in it. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind, also have kept this man from dying? Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And the reply is yes. But that's not the answer. Could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? Yes. That's the reply, but it's not the answer. What is the answer? 
We don't know because Jesus didn't give an answer. Some things in our lives are left to the silence of God. Some things in our lives are left to the silent administration of God in the working out of our spiritual life before him. We don't know how long Lazarus was sick. Number of days, obviously, and first maybe it seemed like nothing, but all of a sudden his condition worsened, and Mary and Martha are attending to him, and they're fighting fears. They're, they're praying like anyone would. They're calling on the promises of God. But Lazarus passed away. Lazarus passed away. Verse 20 says, Jesus was coming. Jesus was coming. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She couldn't hide her disappointment. Perceived inattentiveness on his part, Martha felt let down. Lord, why didn't you come? We were, if you would have been here, and like you should have been here on the second day, but you showed up four days now that he's been dead. Martha couldn't hide her disappointment. She felt let down by what had happened, by the Lord's inactivity, it seemed. She didn't want to feel that way. But she, like us, was struggling through in her heart, her emotions, her feelings. No accusation, God forbid, but disappointment nonetheless that the Lord had let them down in that situation. Oftentimes, we're like Martha. When there's difficulty, when there's trial, circumstances, sickness, loss of loved ones, we react like Martha. Lord, why weren't you here? Why didn't you take care of us? Why, why didn't you deal with this situation before it escalated to this? Mary had a different response. Oh, we want to be like Mary, beautifully surrendered before the Lord, but oftentimes we're like Martha and have to work through our feelings of the Lord's inattentiveness. working through our thoughts and our emotions, knowing that it would not be right to accuse him, knowing that our God is a God that is truly righteous and holy. There's no injustice in him. He is true. He's faithful. He's right. He's holy. But sometimes we have to work through our feelings and emotions. You look at Mary. Mary came to the Lord, and she had a different response. She fell at his feet. She fell at his feet. There was no accusation in her, no disappointment in her heart toward the Lord. You know, there was Martha with that lingering disappointment, that feeling of being let down by the Lord. She knew it wasn't right, and so she responded to him. She said, but Lord, even now I know that if you ask God, God will give you what you ask. She righted herself. And we do that sometimes. We know what we're feeling isn't right against the Lord. Unwarranted feelings against what we would say would be his neglect. 
but we have to work it through. But there's Mary. She's at his feet, and she says the same words. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But what a humble resignation in her. What a humble resignation. Every time we read of Mary, she's at the feet of the Lord. In Luke chapter 10, Mary is at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word, taking in his word, not distracted, not cumbered about by cares. She's taking in his word. In John chapter 12, Mary is at the feet of our Lord, worshiping, anointing his head and his feet, adoring him, pouring out her love. In John chapter 11, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of tears, in the midst of trial, in the midst of the loss of her brother. She's at his feet in humble resignation. Mary at his feet. Martha not at his feet. How we want to be at his feet. Beautifully surrendered to our loving Lord, knowing there's no injustice in him. But sometimes we're like Martha. We're not at his feet. Sometimes like Martha. We don't appreciate the goodness of the Lord until a circumstance or trial has ended. And we have received from the Lord in our life much more than we could ever have expected. How many have been there? Sure we have. Feelings, Lord, why weren't you here? Lord, why didn't you look after this situation? And when the experience of life and the processing of the Lord and the work of God is done, we stand with treasure we could never have imagined. That's the goodness of our Lord. That's the love of our God. When we face trial and difficulty, circumstances, loss of loved ones, heartache, pain, injury, what is Jesus doing? Where is Jesus? What is he doing? And the Bible tells us very clearly in John chapter 11 that Jesus is doing three things. Number one, Jesus is weeping. Number two, Jesus is groaning. Number three, Jesus is troubled. Number one, Jesus is weeping. Verse 33 to 36 Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Where have you put Lazarus? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Verse 34, the 35, the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Philia, see the friendship love that he has for Lazarus. We've been hearing about the love of God as his friend's last message. The Lord wants us to understand how much he loves us, how deeply we are in his heart. We are his friends, and he is our friend. See how he loved him, they said. When they saw Jesus weeping, they said, see how he loved Lazarus. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the heartache in that family, Jesus was weeping. We might say, how could Jesus be weeping when he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead in just a few minutes? 
And the answer is that the Son of God is fully in touch with the brokenness of this world and our lives. If anybody understands the heartache, the sorrow, the pain, the weeping of people of this earth, it's the Son of God. He understands it fully. He's with us fully in the heartache and brokenness of life. He's with us fully in our weeping. The Greek word used is that tears ran down his cheeks. When you're weeping, Jesus is weeping. He loves you. You're his friend. He has emotion love for you. And he has agape. He has devotion love for you and for us all. He weeps when we weep. We do not have a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling, the feeling of our infirmities, the feeling. We know our emotions. We know the cry inside. We know the disappointment. We know the hurt. We feel the sorrow and loss. Jesus feels it alongside of us as much as we do and more. He who said through the Apostle Paul, weep with those who weep. Weep with those who weep. Would he not weep with us in our trial, in our sorrow, in our circumstances and heaviness and difficulty of life? You know he does. He weeps with us. He's our Lord and our God. He's alongside of us in every trial. He's there. This, this chapter wants to Settle it in our hearts that when we are in difficulty, we are not to pull back from the Lord. He is not distanced from us. He is not a God of stone, unmoved, uncaring, unfeeling. He's right there in the midst of our situation and our trial. He's weeping when we're weeping. Jesus, it seems, was weeping further because he knew that even if he would raise Lazarus from the dead, that Lazarus would one day die again. That Lazarus would have to face the death process one more time, face that last enemy death, and into that family, into that home, into those sisters, would come tears once again. By biblical record, Jesus only raised three people from the dead. Jairus' daughter, the widow of Nain's son, and Lazarus. Why so few? The one who healed all who came to him. He healed every manner of sickness, every manner of disease among the people. He healed the many that came to him. Many came to him, and he healed them. Jesus never turned one person away from the healing power of God. He healed everyone who came to him. Why did he raise so few from the dead? It seems there is really only one answer, that there is a reticence in the heart of God to bring believers back to this world of toil and suffering and uncertainty and hardship and struggle once they have already escaped from it. Number one today, when you're weeping, Jesus is weeping. Receive the comfort of the Lord when you're weeping. 
No, he's weeping with you. He's not standing afar off. He's not neglecting you. He loves you eternally. He loves you as a friend. He loves you with perfect God love, agape devotion. He's with you in the trial. And you can rest upon him. Number two, Jesus is groaning. Verse 33 says he groaned in the spirit. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit. This word groan is an anger word. It's the word used properly for the snorting of horses. It is a, speaks of a loud, inarticulate noise. Jesus groaned in the spirit. He let out a, a groan. When it was used in reference to man, it denoted this, this anger, this indignation. Indignation against something. In the trials of life that we face, Jesus Christ has a pure and holy hatred. An indignation against sin, against sickness, against the fall, and Satan back of it all. When we're in trial, when we're in difficulty, when we're facing battle in our lives, and our hearts are heavy, and there's weeping upon us, we, got, we must know that Jesus Christ has an anger against the fall on our behalf. He came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And he's working now in our lives as fully as he can. And we know that one day he will fully recover us from all the ill effects of the fall. And all our trials will be swallowed up in eternal glory and endless joy. I saw new heavens and a new earth, and all pain and crying and tears had passed away. Eternal joy, eternal life. But let's understand today, in the middle of this broken world, in the middle of struggle and trial, Jesus is groaning. There's an indignation against him, against the fall, and all that sin has brought into this world. Number three, Jesus is troubled. Jesus is troubled. Verse 33 again of John 11, Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He was troubled. It means to agitate. It, it means to become irritated inside. He was troubled. Literally, it means he troubled himself. He troubled himself. It means he stirred himself to spiritual action. In the midst of trial, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of weeping, in this situation, Jesus troubled himself. He stirred himself to spiritual action, and he called Martha and Mary to the same. When we face the difficulties of life, yes, we weep. And yes, we groan. There's an indignation in us against this fallen world. But we can't stop there. We must let ourselves be troubled. 
We must trouble ourselves. Because that's what Jesus Christ called Mary and Martha to in this situation, and that's what he calls us to. He calls us to trouble ourselves, to get involved with the spirit of faith, to get involved with the way of God, to get involved in prayer, to get involved with some spiritual passion and zeal in the situation that we're a part of, to begin to respond to the Lord, even though our hearts are heavy and the trial is real. In verse 23 of John 11, Jesus said these words to Martha, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's all she could muster. Martha, your brother will rise again. Yes, I know, at the resurrection of the last day, One day everything will be all right. At the last day when you return, the glory of God takes over and sweeps the world and brings in everlasting righteousness. That's all she could could muster. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, yes, you're right, Martha. I will be the resurrection and the life one day, although he will be that. He said, yes, one day all the dead will rise and we'll be caught up forever to be with the Lord and I will be the life of my people, the God life, Zoe, forever and ever. But he didn't push it off into the future. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am here right now with my resurrection power. I am here right now with Zoe, the God life, in this situation, in this instant. He said... Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Not something else. Do you believe this? That I am present. I am the resurrection and the life right here, right now, in this trial, in this circumstance, in this sorrow, and that I want to minister and I want to act in this place. Martha couldn't answer. She didn't answer. It was hard for her to answer. You know what she did? She did what many of us do when we face trial and difficulty. She conceded to a greater or a more broad statement of faith. Uh, Yes, Lord, I know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But that's not what he asked. He said, do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I am here present right now and I want to involve myself with your life, your spiritual development, your family to bring forth the blessing and the glory of God? Verse 38, Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, protested. She said, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Take away the stone. Martha protested. Corruption has set in. Lord, it's been four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? 
Did I not say that if you would believe, Martha, Mary, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? What kind of words are these? If you would believe, I thought it was all on Jesus. I thought they could just stand back and let him do his miracle if he wanted. And if he didn't, I guess we walk away. And the situation persists. Jesus said, do you believe? If you would believe, did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Let's understand that this morning, we are involved intimately with the Lord in the circumstances, the sorrows, the trials, the heartache, the injuries, the difficulties of this life. We're one with him. We're not alone. He's with us. He's not alone. We're with him. And together, we work out the will of God. Together, we believe. Together, we respond. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Now, only he could create the miracle that brought forth life. But their response was spiritual action, that they would get involved with him. He said to them, roll away the stone. That was their part. Only he could bring Lazarus forth. Only he could heal the sickness and disease. Only he could deal with the corruption that had taken place. Only he. Only the Lord. But he, their part was to roll away the stone. We've got a part to play in this believing faith. We have a part to play in our relationship with the Lord and the outworking of his will and his glory and his goodness in our lives. The Bible says, Then they rolled the stone away. Wow, they got over their protest. Martha got over her feelings of aggravation against the Lord. They said, no matter what we're feeling, there's a lot of flesh life right now that I'm dealing with inside. Ill feelings against the Lord, disappointment. Where was he? Why didn't he show up immediately? Where was he when I was going through trial? Why did he let Lazarus get so sick and die? They pushed, all, they pushed through all that said, we're going to get involved with the Lord. Come on, Mary. Come on, Martha. Let's trouble ourselves. Let's get a spirit of faith. Let's start to act on the promise of God. They rolled the stone away, and when they did, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out of the tomb of death. No matter what we face in life, there's three things we, we do, and one is like Jesus. Number one, we weep, and rightfully so. That's who we are, men and women of earth, feeling heartache, feeling loneliness, feeling pain, feeling abandonment, feeling betrayal, feeling rejection, feeling sickness, feeling heartache. We feel it. Jesus is weeping. Number two, we groan. There's a righteous indignation against us, against sin, the fall, the evil works of the enemy, the destruction that goes on in people's lives because of wickedness and evil in this world, the things that we face because we live in a fallen world. There's an indignation against us, in us, against the fall, and Satan, back of it all. 
get thee behind me, Satan. But the third thing we must do is trouble ourselves. Trouble ourselves. Now, sometimes that's difficult when we feel weeping and we feel anger. It's not so easy to stir yourself. Sometimes, like Martha, we got to work through some emotions and feelings. We know it's not right to accuse the Lord. It's not right to be disappointed in the Lord. We've got to work through our feelings and get to the point of surrender like Mary. We're at his feet. Say, Lord, according to your word and according to the spirit of faith. Sometimes we get a word from God for our situation. And sometimes we simply have, I say simply, have the word of God. Sometimes God gives us a word. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us in our struggle and circumstance and trial, and he gives us a rhema word. He gives us a word of faith, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It's a particular word for our situation. Sometimes we receive that, and sometimes we're left simply to the promises of the word of God. But I ask you this morning, has 2 Corinthians 1.20 fallen out of your Bible? If it has, get it back in. For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and in him, amen to the glory of God. For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and in him, amen to the glory of God. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday and today and forever. Mary and Martha rolled the stone away and found life on the other side of death. Do you bow your heads this morning? Take a minute or two in the presence of the Lord. Take the word of God from John 11. See Jesus in a fresh way. He's weeping with you. He's groaning with you. And he's troubled. He has stirred himself to spiritual action on your part. And he's welcoming your response. Can you believe this? Can you believe that I am the resurrection and the life right here, right now, that I'm going to touch your circumstance and I'm going to help you and I'm going to bring the glory of God in your life no matter what it looks like? I'm going to lead you through into triumph. I'm going to lead you through into experience with me. I'm going to enlarge your capacity to know me and walk with me. Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Begin to believe. Roll the stone away. Roll the difficulty away. Take away the resistance of your heart. Say, Lord, I struggle. I'm a bit like Martha, but Lord, I want to be like Mary. I want to be beautifully surrendered. Help me right now. I lay everything down because I know you are good and your mercy endures forever. That you are faithful. You're a God 
of righteousness. You're without injustice. Holy and upright are you. I put my trust in you. And ask God this morning, believing for your healing, ask God for the very thing you need. He said, can you believe this? Can you believe in this instance? Can you believe in your particular situation? Oh, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, but that's not what he asked. He said, can you believe me right now where you sit, right now where you live, right now in your circumstance? Can you believe that I am the resurrection and the life, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to help you through? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.